Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, everyone. It's Hugh Ballou back for another episode of the Nonprofit Exchange. We've been doing this for eight years. We're approaching 300 episodes that are really good. We have never had one uh, uh, just like this. We've had people about this topic, but this is, uh, I think you will want to sit down and take notes. This will be meaningful to you. So Amelia Stansel is is my guest. She's in another part of Virginia. Um, but Amelia, tell people a little bit about your background and then why are you doing this project? And I didn't tell them the title of this of this episode, but the title of this episode is Ending Human Trafficking Through Increasing Community Awareness and Prevention Education. And you're representing a Rotary Initiative. So a little bit about you and why did you say yes to this initiative? All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today, Hugh. Um, about me, I'm uh, um, Amelia Stansel. I'm a banker out here in Northern Virginia, or sometimes it's considered the rest of Virginia. I'm in, I'm in Warrington, and uh, um, my background is I'm a um, I'm a Rotarian. So I've been a Rotarian for 16 years, and I'm a mom. I've got two little girls that are um, seven and just turned 10. Don't want to mess that up, or I'd never live it down. Um, and um, I'm a wife, and I'm many other things. But one of the things that um, I go back to is I'm a I'm a Rotarian. And at the 2017 Rotary International Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, there was a huge, um, a huge presence of anti-trafficking content. So there was a big, um, a big candlelight vigil, and there was a bunch of breakouts on, on um, human trafficking. And Ashton Kutcher spoke on on human trafficking. I'm like, what is all of this stuff? So I started doing a little bit of research, kind of learning a little bit more while I was there. And I'm walking through. It was a huge convention. There's about fifty thousand people there. And as I'm walking through the House of Friendship, I ran into like the one face I recognized who was the district governor the year after I was president of my club the first time around 10 years ago. And I uh, saw Steve Cook, a big hug in the House of Friendship. And he's like, what do you know about human trafficking? I'm like, just what I've learned here. And I read this article right before I left that I was kind of shocked with the things they said in there was that there had been one case of sex trafficking in every high school in Fairfax County. And where I'm at in Fauquier County, there's only one county between us and Fairfax. And I was floored by that information. Um, I had just read it right before I right before I left, and then going and seeing all this stuff while I was there over that that weekend, I was just blown away. And he said, "Well, you should have somebody from Just Ask Prevention come out and speak to you at Rotary." And I was like, "Who are they? And how do I get a hold of them?" And he's like, "Oh, they're a, a group that our um, our Rotary Club, the West Springfield Rotary Club, started um, a few years ago after um, after they've been to several cases of, of sex trafficking in Fairfax County and." Um, they happened to be here. I'm like, where? He goes, here. I'm like, where? Right next to us. So right there sitting next to us. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God has a sense of humor. And so I said, all right, well, then I'll go ahead and uh, and I'll invite them to come speak. And I thought I was doing my job. And in the um, summer of 2017, I checked my box and said, I have a speaker from Just Ask Prevention come and speak to Rotary. And I'm done. I'm out. I did my job. And then um, somebody said, hey, well, could you do that again and invite more people into in, um, more people from the community? And I said, okay, well, I invited a bunch of a, um, put a press release out that we were having them come back and speak. And one of the first calls I got was the Department of Social Services here in our little county. 
And uh, I was like, well, why are you guys interested? And they said, well, we're interested because we know we have sex trafficking victims that are here in Fauquier County that are being trafficked in the surrounding counties. They come back here to Fauquier um, because this is where they live. And more people need to know about this. It's like, okay, well, we should, you know, why don't you come invite some other people? And so we had a pretty big rotary meeting that, that week. We had probably 60, 70 people at our meeting, which was pretty big for us. And again, I thought I checked my box and then they came back again and said, okay, well, how are you going to let the community know? I'm like, hey, the community, like, I, I'm just a, I'm just a banker and a Rotarian, a mom, like, what, how am I wrapped into this? So God just kept kind of pulling me in is where I'm going with that is that God just kept saying, you're going to work on this. You're going to work on this. And as much as I said, no, he wasn't taking that as an answer. So um, somehow I got involved in, in this, this work of really that um, bringing up the community awareness and bringing in prevention education to our schools and started working on it here at a local level. And then it's, it's exploded from there to now doing a lot of stuff with Rotary International on the, for, with the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery um, on a global level. So. So there is a website. It's it's um, I'm going to show it here for people watching. If you're on the podcast, um, the the URL is R-A-G-A-S dot online. So tell us a little bit about the Rotary Initiative, please. Yeah. So the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery. <laughs> I went to went to that one uh, to that international convention and knew nothing about Ragus, had never heard of them and uh, went to the Hamburg Convention. So fast forward two years from there, which in 2019 was asked to speak on a panel in Hamburg, Germany, and um, about how local Rotarians could start a, um, a community awareness and prevention education, stakeholder groups, and all the things that we did, how could, how could um, a local Rotarian do that? And in the back of the room, somebody raised their hand and said, so how do you take what you did in Warrington, Virginia, and take that global? And I was like, I mean, take it global. So come talk to me. Let's, let's, let's hear more about what you're thinking. And they introduced themselves and said they were part of the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery. And I was like, had no idea you guys existed. And uh, it would be very helpful to not have created all these wheels by myself for the last several years. And so I joined the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery, which is, um, we have about a thousand numbers right now. We're in, um, I just looked at all the numbers yesterday because I'm putting some stuff together for the next convention in Houston on Thursday. Um, I think we're in 70 countries on six continents. And I mean, so it's a, it's a very robust organization of people who are members of, of, of Rotary International who have a passion around ending slavery, modern day, modern day slavery, also known as human trafficking, depending on where you are in the world. Um, most of the world still sees it as modern slavery. In the US, we tend to call it human trafficking. So it depends on who you're talking to, what it's being called, it's all the same thing. And so it's people that come together to really work on those five areas of trafficking from, um, from organ trafficking and labor trafficking, sex trafficking, child soldiering and child marriage. So those are the five areas that you see around the world of trafficking. Here in America, we mostly see labor trafficking and sex trafficking, um, which my passion and where I've been really feel like I've been called to work on has been on that sex trafficking piece and raising awareness there. Cause it's like, I can only take one bite of the elephant at a time. So scale it down for someone and I can get my head wrapped, well, sort of around that, but how do you uh, create awareness? That was the part I said I could create awareness around. So within RAGUS, we put together a community awareness, prevention, education, strategic plan. Um, during COVID, we had a, um, a planning group come together over several months and put this together and have been rolling it out um, worldwide for the last year and a half. And um, that's, those are the, the resources that you'll find on that website. 
That's great. Um, I heard you speak. Uh, I was the first day of April, I think, at the district conference for our area of Rotary. And the numbers that you lifted up were, I mean, I've heard of this. I've got people working on it in my relationships. It's astounding. So every day, how many, is it mostly girls that go into trafficking or is it girls and boys? It's girls and boys. Um, so if you look at worldwide, there are um, about 40.3 million um, people caught in, in, in trafficking. So whether it's, again, any of those five areas, about um, 40 million people. Um, in the U.S., kind of if you start scaling that back down, um, in the U.S., it's about, um, oh, I'm going to get this number. I better not get, I better not quote it because I'm not going to get it right off the top of my head. Um, but in the, in the U.S., um, there's a high, a, um, a high number that is um, sex trafficking and labor trafficking. The sex trafficking side is predominantly female. Labor trafficking is predominantly male. But again, it's not exclusive one or the other. That both boys and girls are sex trafficked. Both boys, men and women, and boys and girls are also labor trafficked. Or like the sex trafficking is the one you highlighted here. Mm -hmm. um, that's mostly girls. Are they? How do they get in there? Are they kidnapped? <sighs> Sometimes. Most of the time, not. Um, I always thought of, and, I'm, and I know I'm not, I'm not unique. Um, I always thought of uh, sex trafficking and, and human trafficking kind of being like taken. You know, Liam Neeson's daughter goes over to Europe and she's pulled out from underneath the bed and Liam Neeson has a special, special set of skills to come get her. I always kind of thought it was something that it happened over there to those people, wherever those people and over there was. Um, and then the more I started learning about it, it's really not, well, it's all of that, but it then is everything else too. Um, what we see in the U.S., especially in areas like where I am and, and where you are too, um, in more urban areas, um, these kids are predominantly kids. I'll use kids because that's the part that I'm focused on, um, are often trafficked out of their own home, meaning that they are, um, they are scouted and groomed through their phones, through, um, through social media, through, um, and through gaming systems. So especially boys will, will be groomed through gaming systems where they think that they're gaming with a guy friend or a male or a female friend, and it's not on the other end of the, the, the microphone. Um, so they're, they're scouted and groomed that way. They are then, um, they're then oftentimes exploited after that. Um, and they're exploited what we see here is that they're exploited kind of after school. So they might still be in school. So getting out of school between two and three, exploited from three until seven or eight at night, home for a late dinner, sleeping in their parents' bed and back at school the next day. Um, it's shocking. When I started finding this stuff out, and yes, there's kids that are still um, kidnapped in white panel vans and all that stuff that you think of. Yes, that still happens. But predominantly we see in communities like ours is not that. It is more like what I'm talking about, where they're um, where they're living in their own homes and they're being exploited. And the parents oftentimes have no idea what's going on. And foster care, I understand, is a big feeder as well. Yeah. Um, so, but it happens everywhere else. It doesn't happen in Warrington and Lynchburg, right? Oh yeah, no, it happens to those people over there, wherever that is. Nope, happens right here too, and right there. <laughs> and so, probably people we know are involved in it. So it's a. It's a big business. I've been reading some numbers. I mean, it's right below drug trafficking, isn't it, as far as revenue? $150 billion a year, second only to drug trafficking. Wow. Huge. So, Huge. so we're sitting here thinking, well, that's too bad. So it's sort of, so 
you joined the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery, and that's the Ragas.online website. Yeah. And if you go mm -hmm. to the nonprivateexchange.org, you'll find this episode and you'll find the links and we'll we'll have some of the images uh, from the slideshow that that um, Amelia presented at Rotary and they're alarming. So, so, so Amelia, I'm just an ordinary person and I don't even see this, so why should I care? And what can I do? Yeah, okay, so it's not uncommon that you don't see this because it's hidden in plain sight. If it can happen in your own house at your own dining room table and you don't know it's happening it is absolutely hidden in, in, in plain sight so when you think of that of these are kids that are coming home it's not it's not um unlikely that you've seen this whether it's in your own home it's around your thanksgiving table or it's in the grocery store at church um, you most likely have seen it and never caught it because you don't know what you're looking at and that's why that raising awareness is so important of looking for signs um, in your own home, what you may see is kids that are all of a sudden more withdrawn. They're more moody. You might see tattoos or cutting or bruises or things like that. They're just out of the ordinary. Doesn't They don't make sense. They might have a new fancy phone. They might have new fancy clothes or makeup or other things. That, they're just unexplained. It doesn't make sense why they have these things. Um, they might be, uh, um, their personalities may be changing and they're all of a sudden have a whole new set of friends or they are have a new boyfriend or girlfriend that is just taking up all of their time, but if that person doesn't really want to meet you, doesn't want to be part of your life, doesn't never makes that, 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 um, that inroad to be able to get to know the family. So all of those things are signs. Are they conclusive? Absolutely not. I mean, because teenagers are teenagers, right? Teenagers change friends. They get new things. They, they might go through moody um, experiences and hormonal things and all of those things. So is it conclusive that your kid changed personality and they might, they, they, and that they're caught up in, in trafficking? Not necessarily. So what we talk about is have conversations with these kids, get to know them, whether they're, whether they're your own kids or a niece and nephew or a neighbor or, or somebody at, at church that you're seeing something going on, get to know them, ask them questions ask them open-ended questions, find out what's going on in their lives, what's changing, what are they looking forward to? What you often see with, with trafficking victims is they can't plan their future because they don't know what their future is and that they're if they're so well-groomed, their future is only what they're being told their future is. So if you start talking to them about what, what are their future plans, they have no idea. And so if you start asking those questions and being that safe person to them, then you have a better chance of being able to pick up on something. And the same as, you know, because kids love to open up to their family, ha ha ha. Um, chances are that they're not going to open up to their family member. But if you're, but if you have other people around them, whether it's clergy or teachers or coaches or other friends, parents that can that can be that safe person for your kids and the kids in your life, or if you can be that person for somebody else's kids, you have a better chance of being able to um, to catch this and to be able to do something about it. And you don't all of a sudden as a teenager start showing interest <laughs> in your child's life. It's it's a lifelong, you know, relationship building and, and being there for them because there's so many, you talk about grooming. How does the grooming happen? There's so many opportunities for impressionable young people to get pulled aside. Yeah. So I was shocked. And again, I said my oldest, my oldest daughter is 10. I was shocked to find out the average age of a trafficking victim is 12 years old. Wow. Which means that they're getting them as young as six and as old as 18, right? Or more. 
if your average age in America is 12 years old. So think about how vulnerable 12 year olds are, 10 year olds or eight year olds or six year olds. And like you said, it's that starting building that relationship with them. What, what groomers and, and traffickers are looking for is they want to, they'll become whoever and whatever it is that that, that child or that, that, that victim um, needs. So they'll look for those vulnerabilities, whether it's because parents are going through a divorce or they don't feel pretty or they don't feel that they have enough friends or whatever is going on in their lives. Maybe they're, maybe they're, a, foster, they're a foster kid. Or, um, or somebody who's, who's a habitual runaway, they will become that stable person in their life, become that stable person in their life to be able to fill that void. So that scouting early and figuring out what those vulnerabilities are, and then from there, being able to just fill in. And that grooming is incredible when you start looking at how well they groom to be able to just whatever it is that kid needs. And they'll just fill that spot until that kid is so, or that victims, because some of these victims are adults too. It's not just children, but um, that whatever it is that, that they need, they can fill that for them. The average age is 12. Now they go into this, whatever, this dark place. Do they come out? You hope so. You hope so. The average, uh, the I, being a banker, I'm an average person and a numbers person. This is like a, a dangerous thing when you're me because all I do is I run numbers constantly. Um, so I can spit off a lot of, a lot of uh, um, data. But the average length of time in trafficking is two and a half years. So you hope that you catch them in time for that two and a half years. Um, another number that, that stood out to me when I was going through all of this is the average lifespan of a, of a trafficking victim is seven years. So from when they get out, it's seven years, live or die. So either you get them out and you get them restored or they usually end up dead because of other, whether it's because of drugs or suicide or whatever's going on in their life that, that, um, that takes them. But I mean, the STDs are out there, the, the physical and mental effects, all of these things, it's not like they just pop out of it after two and a half years and they're back to being normal. And it, I mean, it's just, it's frightening. No, you know, it's like coming back from being in a war uh, yeah. for military, You've, you're, you're shocked. You're in shock of some yeah. sort. So um, <clears throat> there's lots of reasons that we need to care. And so um, what I value about Rotary is the activities have a whole lot of structure, accountability, and integrity yeah. behind them. So if you give money to a rotary project, there's end-to-end -end accountability. So in order for money to go somewhere, there has to be a valid uh, rotary club that is responsible for dispensing the money and doing the project. So there's an end-to-end -end accountability. So you said join. So how do people, We're gonna, let's talk a little bit about what the ordinary person can do. There's a join us button on this RAGAS, R-A-G-A-S online website. So when you click the join us, what happens? So you can come in and join us. So you go in and fill in all of your information. And we actually um, allow or um, uh, non-Rotary members may join RACUS, which I think is pretty cool. So you don't have to be a Rotarian to be a member of us to be able to um, contribute to the cause. Um, most of our members obviously are Rotary members because that's our um, that's our mainstay of where where we attract people. But once once a, a person joins, they have access to our newsletter. They have access to all of our community awareness prevention education, our CAPE plan, C A P E, 
Um, so they have access to be able to have that with a roadmap to be able to walk through from the time that they listen to this podcast and go, man, I want to do something about that to getting their Rotary Club, if they're a Rotarian or their community involved to how do you create stakeholder groups? How do you do um, community conversations? What do those agendas look like? What, who are the, um, who um, can you invite to those? And just all of those things to how do I bring in curriculum into my schools? And if I want to bring in curriculum, what's good curriculum versus bad curriculum? So we went through and, and put together a criteria of curriculum of, of here's what um, the gold standard in the U.S. is for, for, for curriculum, which the U.S. kind of is ahead of the curve in many ways when it comes to trafficking. So it's that curriculum. And we went through and, and vetted, um, we Ragus members that actually do this for a living, not bankers like me, went through and, and vetted curriculums and said, okay, here are some that we know and trust and we and that meet this criteria um, to make it so that people don't have to, to create the wheel from scratch like I did. So we made it very, very straightforward and simple so that um, so that soup to nuts, a member can walk right through and be able to have that support that they need. And then they also have um, being able to reach out to other other members for mentoring and to be able to walk through and say, okay, what are you doing? What worked for you? What were those what were those those stumbling blocks for you so I can avoid them? So here's a warning, people listening. You have two upcoming Rotary uh, Club presidents. We're going to say to you, one way <laughs> is to get involved in your local Rotary Club and be involved in this initiative because Rotary Clubs have lots of really good programs that they do, but you can be the champion in your town and build an awareness. So what does that look like, Amelia? I mean, they could join one in Warrington. They could join our club, Lynchburg Morning, Morning Rotary, <laughs> so that you could join a Rotary. You could be um, just a program member. You don't have to come every, every meeting. You could work on a specific program. So there's different levels of membership. You could be involved at different levels. So talk about um, what's the advantage of being a part of a Rotary and combining with other people. Our motto is service above self. Yes. So, um, wow, you're going to give me a soapbox. I'm also a district governor nominee. <laughs> you're going to give me a soapbox on Rotary. Woo! I love it. But so um, so the soapbox part is um, if you're interested in Rotary, is going out to rotary.org and you can put in um, the, the, the um, club locator and you can find a club wherever you are in the world. So whether you're in Boise, Idaho or Timbuktu or hanging out in Nepal, wherever you are, you can find a Rotary Club and darn near every country around the world. And, it, and if there isn't one in your local community, we have e-groups too. So e-clubs, there's three e-clubs that I know of that are working specifically on this project. So they have members from all over the world that are that are only meeting online about um, human trafficking and, and slavery. So there are all sorts of different ways to be able to plug into Rotary. But I believe that being a member in your local community, I think is the most is the most beneficial because those are the people that you're going to serve with. Those are the people that you break bread with. Those are the people that you have the opportunity that if you're putting together, like we did the Fakir Anti-Sex Trafficking Alliance. I was able to bring in our sheriff, our our chief of police, our Department of Social Services, our um, our school um, our school superintendent, and many many other people into that project and into Rotary because we can break bread on a regular basis. You build a level of trust when you see each other, whether you're meeting weekly or biweekly, or you get there once a month because your schedule is so full that you can find ways to plug in, especially if you're if you're right there. And if you're not working on on anti slavery stuff, you might go 
pack backpacks for kids or serve meals. I mean, there's so many other things that you can do in Rotary beyond just this. Every single initiative has value. And um, if, if you have an excuse why you don't want to join a Rotary, we have an, we have an answer to that objection. <laughs> there is a way for you to be involved. And it's good people doing good stuff together. And um, I served uh, small to mega churches my whole career for 40 years. And it wasn't until I left that profession that I had, because we did these kinds of projects, that I had the bandwidth to join a, a Rotary in 2006. And since I did, it's been a whole new area of ministry for me and building relationships around things that matter. And so um, it's it, we're, we're a nonprofit. We're not allowed to do a call to action. That was not a call to action. <laughs> that was a step up to your own your own passion. Now that you know there's a huge problem, so is sex, sex human trafficking, um, human slavery, are those interchangeable or are they yeah. differentiated somehow? They're, they're essentially, it depends on where you are in the world. It's, it's interesting when we were doing the, uh, our community awareness prevention education plan, I had the honor of leading that, that strategic planning process for the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery because I was the least qualified person in the room. I'm like, this is, I'm not an expert. Y'all are experts. Let me be the leader of this. And um, that was one of the major um, points of contention and conversation was much of the world sees us as modern day slavery or modern slavery. In the U.S., we tend to call it human trafficking. So everything is slash. <laughs> so it's modern, modern slavery slash human trafficking because it depends on where you are, but it's the same thing. It is. And people are locked up and they're forced to do things against their will and they don't have free choice. So, you know, it's modern day slavery and the number was 40, over 40 million. Yep. 40.3 million worldwide. In all of those, those different forms. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you've done a very efficient job of communicating a lot of data in a very understandable way. So I want to call people's attention back to the R-H-E-A-S, ragas.online website, because you can join that for a very small amount of money and you get the information you need and then investigate your local rotary. There's e-memberships. There's just, there's different kinds of memberships. If you don't want to go to a meal meeting every week, then there's other ways to be engaged. And uh, rotary is a really good place to connect with people around common causes. And this is one of them, but this is certainly one that we're ignoring. We, I just want to say for my community, I don't, there's not much conversation or visibility in the church world and nonprofit world. In other worlds, people refer to it, but there's no real engagement about what can I do to make a difference? And so I think this is a starting point. Get the facts and then figure out what can you plug in to and help other people understand. So Amelia, you've, we've covered a lot of data. Is there anything that we haven't covered um, that you want to get out there before we end this really helpful podcast? Well, um, I'm sure there is. I can't think of what it is right now, but I will say um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the plug for Rotary and for the Rotary Action Group Against Slavery and just the ability to have a group of like-minded people that can come around something this big because I don't think one person alone can solve this. It takes each of us to step in and take that bite of the, of the elephant to be able to make this really happen. And having an organization like Rotary and an organization like Ragus really makes it so that each individual can do their can do their part, but by plugging into that, that bigger machine. So um, I appreciate you and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we appreciate you being here to tell the story. Um, 
Amelia Stansel, thank you for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.